You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart, and I'm the coordinator for the Religious Vocations Ministries within the Office for Religious in the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'm also the coordinator for CAVA, otherwise known as Chicago Archdiocesan Vocation Association. And CAVA has been around for over 40 years now. And when I started in here in the Arch Chicago, um, in 2014, I was already, before that, uh, a member, uh, having served as vocation minister for my community. And um, I just happened to be able to have the privilege of also interviewing today. Uh, I, I will be showing a video of the interview with my sisters, Sister Ruth Agee. And, and she lives in the, Chicago, um, the L.A. area, and Sister Deborah Finnison, who lives in the Chicago area. And they both had the experience of serving in San Diego at the border. Uh, and uh, last year, I actually had the interview. Sister Ruth wasn't able to uh, be on that interview. I mentioned her. But the two other sisters that did go to San Diego were Sister Christina Fuller and Sister Kim Marie Wolf. And so this time, it's a, a slightly different uh, experience. We are still experiencing an influx of people crossing the border or uh, coming to the um, Latin American side of America and then crossing into the U.S. border. And so before I get into the video, it's a, it's a um, taped interview with Sister Ruth and Sister Deborah. I just wanted to introduce a little bit of what CAVA does. Uh, first of all, CAVA, or the Chicago Archdiocesan Vocation Association, is made up of members from different uh, men and women consecrated. And uh, our membership, our pretty much vocation ministers from our communities. But at the same time, we also work together um, in peer support and in the community, partnering with different organizations, parishes, schools, within the different agencies here in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and working with discerners, um, and not just for vocations to religious or consecrated life, but also as 
we serve as listening ears for anyone who is discerning um, their decisions in life. And so I'm going to ask um, Brian and Mike, uh, Brian and Mike and Brian, it's, it's like a radio show. <laughs> and they are our sound engineers and also all the, the techie uh, brain behind the show. They will be showing the video interview. Welcome, Sister Ruth and Sister Deborah. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we will be telling us about their experience on the border in San Diego, California this summer. Hi, I'm Sister Ruth, and I work in the Los Angeles area. I work for two organizations, Queens Care and St. Joseph's Health Support Alliance. And these are public charities that help the underserved in Los Angeles and in San Francisco. I am an executive assistant to the CEO for Queens Care and for St. Joe's. And I've been here for maybe 15, 16 years working with them. And before that, I was also a teacher in Illinois and Indiana. About to say, hi, I'm Sister Deborah. I'm currently a kindergarten teacher in Morris, Illinois in Immaculate Conception Parish here in Morris. I've been teaching for 47 years, and I mostly teach young kids, um, first graders and kindergarten. And it's such a joy to be um, a teacher among so the little ones. I also taught in Indiana and Illinois in different school systems. Um, how, can I just ask you, how did that come about? Um, did, did you reach Catholic Charities right away? How did you even hear about it? Can you just tell us a bit about that experience and how that experience was for you? Yes, a few years ago, we had meetings at our mother house and the sisters who did the interpretation for our Brazilian sisters. I talked to them at lunchtime and they said that they did this ministry on the side because they were retired sisters and they would go to the different borders and work with the migrants. For a couple of years after that, I've been trying to locate and find contact somebody so that we also could do the same thing. And I did find the Catholic Charities in San Diego were very willing to accept sisters. And at that time, they did ask for sisters to come and donate time. And they said that the sisters were the face of compassion and hospitality to the migrants. And that was very important for them to have sisters there because they trusted the sisters and felt safe with them. Then the following year, um, I invited Sister Deborah to join me. And so we went down and had a different experience from the time before. What about you, Sister Deborah? How was that experience for you? Being a teacher, I just took care of kids and it was nothing, a risk factor. I mean, it was an enjoy it's an enjoyable um, ministry. And I never experienced a lot of poor people. I mean, I experienced the joy of teaching children and, um, and the love for Jesus. But I thought, since I'm a Franciscan sister of the Sacred Heart, St. Francis lived the gospel radically. When Sister Ruth asked me, would you like to go with her to the border? I thought, wow, that would be my opportunity to live beyond the box, you know, risk myself, be radical and get a sense of, what the poor people and the migrants go through. And so that's why I said yes. Last year, went to also to a hotel. Catholic Charities got it from the state of California and they have the whole complex. And they were in need of 
volunteers to make little snack bags when the buses arrived. We helped them pass out clothing when the after they were processed, we would give them a change of clothing and then we would take them to their rooms. And then also we would also take food to them once in a while if they needed it. And then people would come to us when they needed snacks in the daytime or things that they needed that we didn't offer them at the first time. We would run out to the buses with our carts and, you know, pass out the snacks and things like that. And, and the people were like so grateful. And it was just really a beautiful experience to see such beautiful people. We had, I mean, 50 or 60 people all eating little bag out of little brown bags. And there was not one piece of paper left on the ground. Okay. And then this year, um, Catholic Charities is so organized. And I believe because of COVID, they hired different organizations like traveling nurses and different groups of people to come in and to do different things like run to the rooms and give them the clothing or take them to their rooms. Um, some people did food preparation and took the food to their rooms. After the people had had a change of clothing, they would put their old clothes outside. They would be picked up, they would be washed, they would be put in a room. And it was a beautiful big storeroom this year. Last year was all on tables, like if you were at a rummage sale. Mm -hmm. so it was really Those were the kind of things that you did, right? Yes. Um, you know, yeah. kind of like running back and forth uh, through yeah. the rooms and, and finding out either delivering food or, or uh, collecting um, clothes to be washed and things like that, right? Yes. So what's, what's uh, uh, how different is it this year then? This year it was so organized because they had so much help and they didn't really need us as volunteers. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing that we did do was go to the airport with the migrants when they were going to be, um, when they were going to fly to their sponsors and they needed help getting through a TSA security and then also getting to the proper gate. And we sat with some of them until the plane came, if they were alone, if they were families and had, you know, they made friends on the way and they would sit together, but we would just lead them to the gate and then go back for another group of people. Yeah. So Sister Deborah, this is your first time this year. So mm -hmm. how was that for you? What was your first impression? What were you thinking? You know, the most important experience I felt for the whole week was to experience how an immigrant feels when coming, leaving their homeland, coming to a new country, not knowing the language, and then not even have a place to stay. I mean, they were so grateful that they had a bed and um, food. And, yeah. and what I thought was very difficult for them, I mean, it would be for me, is that they came, they got a shower, they took off the clothes that they had, they put them outside their door to get it washed. And then um, then they filled out a piece of paper and said, please, can I have this cloth, this clothes, you know, jacket, jeans. And then a person would go in and just pick out whatever it was. Now, for me, if I'm buying a new pair of jeans or, or you know, new outfit, I try on so many. And I say, oh, I don't want this. I want that. And it was amazing. I mean, I one lady wanted a five a size five shoes, and so there weren't very many selections, and um, and not very many sizes of fives. The only pair of shoes I found was like leopard skins on the outside, and I thought I would never wear those. But um, I took it to her room, and I thought, well, what's she going to say? And she goes, Oh, I love it! And I thought, Oh, wow, she's so appreciative of something. I mean, I picked out for it. 
And um, so the clothes, and every time we went to their room to deliver something, 99% of them were in a towel because they just showered and they're waiting for the clothes. And sometimes they wash them and put them out. There was a balcony outside the um, hotel room. Um, but to be that poor, you know, because they couldn't carry much when they're traveling. And so that experience taught me to not be picky about what I wear. Yeah, that is that is such a great insight. So, uh, Sister Ruth, I remember from last year in that experience, it seemed like a higher percentage of those coming in through the border in San Diego at the time uh, were people coming from Brazil, which came as a surprise. So this year, is it the same experience or are you getting um, more either from Mexico or from other countries or um, how is it? Uh, what is it like this year? This year, it was tremendous amount of a variety of people. We had people from Ghana and Syria, um, Central and South America, and Mexico. And I would say that there were about over 40 languages uh, that the people spoke. Wow. It was very, yeah, it's very enriching to see the different groups. Because yeah. you could feel that they were too. From Colombia. Columbia, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We had Colombian Joe and Deborah got to, and then we had a little family that came from Haiti and they had their baby in the, at Chula Vista at the detention center. And so that baby became a citizen and they invited us into their room so that we could, you know, see the baby. And we asked if we could take a picture and they said, yes, they were seeming very open to that. Well, okay. I guess I'm, I'm really curious now. So why are they crossing the borders then? I can say one one um, guy, he came from Ghana, and he crossed the border and spent three months traveling to come to America because he's a Muslim and he wanted to become Christian. And it's like, oh, what an eye-opener. It's like he would risk his life, and actually he did. He has to go through desert and everything and cross over the border and everything. But he said, I want to be a Christian, but when I told my parents— um, they were very disappointed and they disapproved of that. And he was afraid they would hurt him. So he yeah. came to the United States. Mm -hmm. What other reasons would they be crossing the border? Hmm. They cross because of persecution, uh, cartels, drugs, violence. Um, some come for better jobs. Some people have family here and they were deported. And so their whole aim in life is to get back, to be with their families. And one man even said he would love to be put in jail in the United States. So at least he could see his family on visiting days. Wow. They have such a deep community feeling, um, family feeling that I think a lot of us have lost. I would say we did not make a political statement and we didn't go to be political. We went to do a human kindness and to, to share in um, understanding the injustice that's going on right now and to feel the pain of the others and to be part of that so that we enlarge our hearts, you know, understand their desperation and not judge. And then to look at ourselves and say, you know, why don't we want people to come into our country? You know, what are we afraid of? Mm -hmm. 
Because a lot of people think, um, oh, these people are coming in and they're draining us of our resources. But when you think about the contribution they make to our economy, and plus who is going for a job these days, seems like there's so many job opportunities. And so they can they can fill those jobs. And I think that's a very good co- contribution to our United States. Mm-hmm. And you know, they have a that great desire. So they have a great desire to have a good life and a new life. And willing to give up, like Deborah said, you know, their culture, their food, um, the way they used to have things, it's so different here. And like Deborah said, if we put ourselves in that place, could I travel for six months with a backpack only, you know, and travel through a desert and wonder about water and food? And, you know, are the, is the coyote being um, fair and honest with me and taking me to where I want to go? Or is he going to just leave us in the desert someplace? It's, it's really something to think about all of that and put ourselves in that place. And so that was uh, Sister Ruth and Sister Deborah on our uh, in video interview. And now we're going to go on a break and don't go away because we will continue the video. We'll be right back. Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's 312-655-7096. Welcome back. This is Sister Lavina, host for Dare to Love show. And Dare to Love really offers um, not just a vocation uh, directly relating to the vocation discernment. What we're trying to do is put a spotlight and awareness for what consecrated men and women do in service, as well as in providing that neighborly love that we all need, especially what's happening in the world today. And so we're um, going to cut back into the video interview with Sister Ruth and Sister Ag. And um, Sister 
Ruth Agee and Sister Deborah Finnison, who went to the San Diego border to serve there for the those who are crossing the border, for the immigrants that need our help and also our welcoming. Right, the risk that they're taking because, yes, um, point taken, um, they can easily be victimized by what they're calling is the coyotes or the ones that they pay, that they have to pay um, a lot of money so that you can get into the border. And why? Why would they risk that uh, and risk um, to be trafficked um, mm-hmm. in, into something that they are not willing to do? It's that connection with seeing their families of having a better life. And right now that's happening all over the world. May it be war that um, in Ukraine, we, you know, like the war in Ukraine, you're seeing that all the time, but the constant attack and violence and uh, lack of safety in other countries, um, you know, which is happening every day, it may not have made the news, it's old news, really, but it, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. It's happening constantly everywhere. Yes. And I think um, people don't know that. What would you want people to know about this experience and uh, of what's occurring in, in terms of what's happening at the border? I would like people to try to understand and have the heart of opening up and not being afraid if we could have a better understanding with each other human in humanity and and really love each other the way and and help each other when they are needed um we can learn in so much and we can really share Jesus's life of love so uh, you know our charism is to be merciful joyous poor and doing works of neighborly love and you know you don't have to go far i mean i flew from chicago to san diego to help the migrants, but Pope Francis says, our job is to just see Jesus in the poor. And he said, especially in the marginalized, in the immigrants, and understanding is key one, like Sister Ruth said, um, be understanding where they've come from, these immigrants, and why they've come, and they risk their life for it, for the safety of USA. You know, it was an eye-opening for me that um, what people go through. And one thing that was very interesting is that the people did not well on the discomfort that they had coming. They were more joyous and grateful for what they were given. I mean, we did a survey and 99% of the people that we surveyed in the 350 room hotel said every, the care was excellent. They they didn't, you know, like I said, they're, clothing was okay. And I was like, I wouldn't always pick those clothes. And in the food, they say that's fine. You know, they're happy. They're probably always, they're all different than their culture, but they accepted it. And that's what we all have to learn to accept each other and accept what God gives us each day. It could be um, very good, rich food, or it could be um, poor food, but we are sustained. So just to be grateful, I think, is what I'm hoping that our all people will be very conscious of the poor and the migrants, especially. And I feel like we experienced a culture of care when we were with Catholic Charities because every single Catholic charity worker treated each person that they worked with and the migrants with such dignity and such kindness 
And I, I have never been in a place where I felt this culture of care. Everybody was loved. And I believe that we need to expand that culture of care in our world, in our little places where we live, like Deborah said, we're right, you know, in Illinois or right in Los Angeles or whatever. The people we work with and the people we live with, you know, do we extend that culture of care? Do we give that hospitality of heart to everyone? And that's what I would like to continue to grow in and see happen. Yeah, to welcome that neighbor. Yeah. Um, so, Sister Ruth. Can you, um, can you just talk about if they are so organized over in San Diego right now that they are not really looking for help necessarily uh, because they, they do have um, people who are hired to do that work? Do you know, or Sister Deborah, you can answer this too. Do you know if people do want to work and actually be helping at the border or with immigrants coming in? Where do you think the most help would be? If not San Diego, are there other places or other things that people can do to help? Well, I believe Texas would be, uh, they have a lot of entries there, and that would be a good place to start. Um, I think donation of clothes to Catholic charities would be a great thing. And of course, they'll always accept money. And Catholic charities uses all their money for the purpose and not for administration, which is really Wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you mentioned when you were talking earlier before they send out the people because you were at the airport trying to make sure that they went to their the correct gate. You know, if they need to fly um, and go see their family or where they're, where they're supposed to be moving, that they don't just send them out without any provision. So clothing, maybe some food, and perhaps money. Yes, they give everybody a little bit of money um, when they get off the bus to help them on their way. Do you know uh, if they do follow up, uh, it, that they that they have uh, arrived safely where they were supposed to go? Is there like a, do you know if there's like a follow-up system? I do not know. Do you, Deborah? Well, you know, they, the difference between last year and this year, last year they came with ankle bracelets. This year they have to contact um, the, ISIS um, daily. And so ISIS will know, and I think Catholic Charities keep track of them. And, um, and like the head of the Catholic Charities said, we said, well, how many actually stay in, the, in America? And she said, she said, in San Diego only, it's only 50% will be able to go on, 50% are sent back. So they have to contact ICE every day? Mm -hmm. By phone. Okay. But they are given opportunities. If they don't have a phone, they use their phone there. Um, Catholic Charities help them in all ways, in every way. So they did not arrive with ankle bracelets like last year? No. Right. They okay. just use their phone for contacting. Okay. Yeah. They're last year when I saw that a photograph of the ankle bracelet, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> they're, being, um, they're being treated like you know, prisoners or something. <laughs> so at least this time, you know, they're being trusted a little bit more. They right. just need to make sure. Yeah. So there is a, a follow-up system in a way. Uh, is there with Catholic Charities, it, the follow-up is with ICE. Catholic Charities is only the vehicle to get from their, you know, to their destination after they've been through 
the immigration system in the, at Chula Vista. Okay. Well, I'm not sure because well, how could they say 50% of them are- Because they come back to ever, they see it in their thing that they're in their- oh. It's in the records. The records mm-hmm. the but at least there's a tracking record. They've been right. deported, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's not as if, you know, like uh, anyone crossing the border is, you know, they just go an- anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they there is that safety check. Yeah. yeah. They came from a detention center, and they were there for a couple of days after traveling all the way to get to the detention center. They detained. Then they were processed. If they had asylum um, they, if they had someone who would take them in, then they would get first, um, they would be processed first because they had some place to go. Yeah. Okay. Are there any last words that you would want people to hear about at this time? You know, Mother Teresa said, when you don't have anything, then you have everything. And these people showed me that they didn't have anything, but they were happy what they had. Okay. So true. Yeah. About I can how, just say, how long do I have? I Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for the opportunity oh, okay. to so assist the migrants the first one, huh? in okay. Los Angeles, uh, San Diego area. We pray for all immigrants, all refugees throughout the, the world, the that they may feel right. loved, feel the compassion of others, and given all that they need each day. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. And my thanks goes to Sister Ruth and Sister Deborah, who have graciously agreed to be my guests. God bless you. Please keep listening and be neighbors to everyone. Blessings. Sometimes I wonder what tomorrow brings. Give me the grace to love and to